if Maury supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. Yeah, the Blubbity Bar. The Blubbity Bar. Sending out good vibes. You have five centers, uh, your intellectual center, where you process all your thoughts, your emotional center, where you process all your emotions, uh, your instinctive center, where you feel your instincts, um, your, your motor center, and uh, your sexual center. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. We are officially back from contact at the cabin. Went pretty good. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Of course, we're going to be talking with uh, Eric P. Antoni a little bit later about his book, The Song of the Immortal Beloved, which is like a guidebook to... Spiritual alchemy. Spiritual alchemy. And we got everybody's favorite co-host over here, Graham. I'm finally figuring out how to use Discord. Dunlop, how's it going, buddy? You just... Thanks, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. You just had to do that. Just, I just had... Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been three years. Well, I, I feel you, you should could, have been able to check you your notifications sh- by now. Well, I, ch- I do check them as they come in. I don't have to go to the at sign to find them all in a list. So what you if know? you haven't been on there in a few hours? You just scroll back through 200 a messages hours, to find what? it? What do you mean? Do you ever go a few hours without being in the Discord? Of course. I go days without being in the yeah. Discord. Yeah. But then but then it has that little red notification. I go and, and I scroll through and I find uh-huh. it. And then, you know. Very uh, primitive of you. So we got Ram Feck to help us with this interview and in, in interview with uh, AKA Eric. Mark. Mark, yeah, yeah, it's a fantastic chat. I mean, we only scratch the surface, but we really got to get him back and get deeper into it. But it's good to talk about the spiritual alchemy because it's still confusing to me. Is uh, you know, it's like alchemy of the human being and spirit as part of the process kind of thing. And we talk about all kinds of stuff: meditation, Carl Jung, the divine paradox. It's pretty interesting. Transforming moods, the law of sympathetic re- sympathetic resonance. Fun chat. Yeah. It was a good one. Yeah. It was Sorry long for the delay. It was a long time ago too. So yeah. we're sorry, Eric. Yeah. It's just, uh, like, I think me, it, was, it hurts because it was one of my favorite. I read the whole book. I was, I think it was April 10th. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. June. Yeah. So pick up the book and review it for sure. If you, if you do, it's a fantastic work. I mean, we Huge. had planned on releasing it from the cabin, but as usual, the cabin just turned out to be a total yeah, car. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, there's a lack of releases coming up to this, too. So we're going to talk about, we're going to release a whole whack of these uh, in a row here. we got lots of content. We're going to push out like five, I think, in five days. I mean, should we even say that? Are, you gonna be able, are we going to be able to do that? Yeah, we could do it. The intros will be short. Kind of like a six-year so celebration. So yeah, this episode come out today, June 1st, is our, is our official six-year anniversary. Uh, of the podcast, six years. This will be episode 350. Six years, 350 episodes. We've been at this shit, doing it. So we're going to pop out a whole bunch. Yeah, and we missed a couple shows over the last little while here while we've been traveling all over the USA. Well, not all over. I wish it was all over. Well, I traveled over just a lot down, of it. Yeah, <laughs> it feels just like. Down, <laughs> just down to Colorado and back, but, you know. Most of Utah? Yeah. Southern Colorado. 
I feel, I feel like I've seen most of Utah. Um, anyway, I lost my train of thought because you interrupted me. About missing episodes. Yeah, we missed traveling. some episodes of traveling and all that. So and we got it. We're sitting on a ton of content, like 10 or 12 interviews right now. So we figured it was a little celebration for our six-year anniversary and 350 episodes. We're going to pop out an episode Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday next week. As a no, little... Saturday, Sunday. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. No, no, this is separate from that. Oh, our plans are already no, gone awry. Our communication is mean, already out just... the window. TJ Walker. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought we had all this sorted, but apparently not. I thought you were, we were going to put out five episodes. Yeah, anyway, five we're going to release okay. a bunch of shows. Yeah, within the next week. It's a celebration for the six-year anniversary. We're going to release a bunch of content, get kind of caught up to ourselves, and uh, reward you guys for sticking with us for six years, 350 episodes. I don't know how many of you listened to have listened to them all or not. A good opportunity to uh, ask for some support. Primarica.ca yeah. slash support. Six years, uh, thousands of hours. Hundreds of episodes, and uh, probably about a thousand hours of yapping. And we didn't plan on it being like this. I mean, honestly, we were just going to do it for free. Just do it like, well, it is for free. But I mean, we were we weren't even planning on begging for. I was like, oh, we're not asking for money or anything like that. But then expenses started skyrocketing. We want to do it right. We got the equipment, and we were like, yeah, let's do this. And then people started donating. I was like, okay, well, let's just make this make this happen. Now we just got back from our first official conference. Yeah. And we can't do it without the listeners. And we can't Support. do it without any of you guys. We love you guys. We need you guys. You guys uh, you guys provide the energy that keeps the show show afloat. And, uh, yeah, six years, 350 episodes at a buck a show. You know where you sit. Uh, we could use some more support. I mean, we're still hovering underneath 1%. We'd love to get to 2 or 3. Let's start with getting to 1% support rate. So if you haven't yet, I mean, maybe this could be your kick in the ass. Six years, 350 episodes. Great conversations. Fantastic. All free. You can go get them all right now. Actually, that's not true. If you have the uh, <clears throat> the podcast app on iTunes, I don't I think it I think it only goes back to like episode seventy or something like that. But if you get a if you get like overcast or get yourself a good podcast catcher to go all the way back to episode one. All the episodes are on the YouTube and the website, of course, as well. But yeah, this will be number three fifty. And uh, we'd love to get some more supporters on board. Head over to grimerica.ca slash support. That'll give you access to the black budget feed, which hasn't seen any action in a little while either. I was just going to talk about that. Yeah. We do have a whole bunch of extra content in there as well for supporters. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's still value for value. I mean, whatever donation you want, um, we'll get you that access. So it could be a one-time donation or obviously we prefer a monthly one because it helps with uh, our expenses and sort of budgeting everything. Absolutely. And you can do that through PayPal, Stripe, or Patreon. All those options are available at grammarica.ca slash support. And then we always also have the alternative, uh, the option of moving over to our own servers and our own infrastructure, which we're kind of working on in the background. Also check that out at grammarica.ca slash support. All those, all that money going to a good place. Yeah. Helps the energy, helps the show. Uh, what do you want to get into next? Well, we should, let's run down the contact at the cabin. So this was like our third sort of contact at the cabin, but we made it more of a conference. So we had Randall Carlson and- We sold tickets. Yeah. We had caterers. Yeah. We had, well, we had cooks. Cooks. Um, volunteer cooks. Happened to listen to the show. They lived nearby. Keith and Gage, we love you guys. Yeah, yeah big the shout best. out to those guys. 
And then the Snake Brothers, the Snake Bros, the Brothers, brothers of the, of the Serpent. Serpent. They're another podcast. They're into ancient mysteries and stuff. They have a great, great show. They were there helping us out as well. Kyle and Russ. Kyle and Russ driving around in vans and stuff. And so Randall was there the whole time. Randall did some presentations for everybody. He took us on tours around Mesa Verde and Chimney Rock down in southwestern Colorado. Shout out to Alan. Shout out to Alan for organizing the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, it was fantastic. Brandon was, Powell, Cameron it, Wiltshire. Yeah. So Brandon Powell was there doing breathing exercises like Wim Hof style every morning with the drums. That was fantastic. Yep. Cameron from Sacred Geometry International was there taping some stuff and enjoying. I mean, the chats were unbelievable with the people. Like everybody was fantastic. Like oh, people, yeah, people that people. like, if they were here, we'd be friends. You know, oh, 100%. we'd be like lifelong friends. I mean, the people. Yeah, just incredible. The community Very was powerful. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Super easy going. We had awesome conversations. Got to look around. Oh, we did CE5. Did yeah. a couple CE5s. I got got people. I, got, I kind of fucked up a couple times. and In the field the with point. Randall. In the, in the hill. We had to just stop in the middle of the hill because I couldn't find where I put the chairs out. That was pretty embarrassing. Had Randall out there. Saw some flash bulbs and stuff. Did a couple CE5s and get this. Like, we got to talk about this now. The night that I, we were supposed to do C5, but we ran late, we didn't do it. I should read you the text. Was that the night you were still in Durango at like midnight? Uh, I think it was like nine o'clock. You guys were just leaving the Mexican place in Durango. That I, I, you know what? I can't remember if that was that. I had just got over that friggin' crazy mountain pass between Durango and Montrose. It's, I mean, it's like 120 miles. It takes like three hours because it's like the fucking craziest road you've ever seen. I've never seen anything like it. Never seen anything like it. Really? You're like driving up. You're like within fucking 100 feet of the top of the mountain. There's like eight feet of snow. And then <laughs> you're like. in May at the end of May. Yeah. You drive by another part. There's a snow bank like 12 feet tall with a bunch of sheared off fucking tree trunks sticking out of it on either side of the road. Where it's just been an avalanche. They really? just plowed right through it. Yeah. Holy. The, the, the highway was unbelievable. Unbelievable doing like the speed limit's 15 miles an hour. There's no guardrails. Wow. Yeah. So that's why everybody that got there was like white knuckle. No, I, no, like I went, no, I went through the scenic San Juan Skyway, the million dollar Colorado scenic byway. I, I mean, I've heard that just the regular pass oh, okay. was sketchy yeah, enough, yeah. but that's on the interstate. So I was not on the interstate. I was on a two lane back scenic road way up in the Alpines of the mountains. And it was something else. I mean, I never. I'll, I'll send you a video. There's this video of the flyover. There's like a month and a half before I was on it. The whole highway was closed because it had like six feet of snow on it. Wow. So, so this is this is what I get a text, a text from Adam in, Adam. The, in the middle of the night, bro. I just saw a UFO. So this is the night we didn't do the CE five. I mean. We did have some interesting sightings during the C5. Not not like major craft or major flashbulbs, but some minor flashbulbs and some alleged satellites, a couple shooting stars, that kind of thing. Brad Trust, the only shooting star of the night we saw was um, just before he was about to say, give me a shooting star so I can go in because <laughs> it was pretty cold. We were walking out to the tent the one night and Cassandra's like, I wish I could see a shooting star. <gasps> no. The second. Come a on. second later. Really? Yeah. He was over the moon. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. 
Like within five seconds of her saying she wanted to see a shooting star, we see a huge shooting star. Oh, that's 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 got to be like precog or something. It's crazy. So, so here's the text in the middle of the night: a long streak of hundreds of white light slowly dispersing along a narrow path with rounded, like surfboard shaped ends. They moved for I don't know how long as time slowed down. <laughs> it faded into the distance with four or five points in a row. Narrowly equidistant spacing without great vision due to the eye not being sensitive, not being sensitive looking directly at it. This also happened with a witness. I thought to knock. Now, this is Adam. Come on, Adam. He thought to knock on the window but didn't want to wake anybody up. Come on. You don't think I want to be woken up? It's a massive UFO sighting. You weren't there, were you? I was downstairs sleeping. Oh. I thought to knock on the glass but figured not to wake everybody. And I kept forgetting to send you this until Ivan told someone else. And it happens just as the brownies are kicking in. Dude, it was an incredible experience. Although my perception of time is really slow, and these brownies are stronger than before. I'm feeling sick from the experience. <laughs> GI, maybe dinner too. Or from the brownies. <laughs> he, he ended up getting sick for like an hour after this. Really? Yeah. Could have been the brownies. Could have been the brownies. The brownies are pretty potent. But he was like, thank God somebody else was there to see it with me. So he saw this like long snake-like thing with hundreds of lights in it flying around the sky. Not flying around, but just going by. And Ivan saw it too. So then the next day we're looking up and it's like, oh, Elon Musk launched 61 communication satellites that day in a string. So we're like, well, could that be the same thing? I mean, that's pretty weird that you'd see like that type of ufo and elong so ivan's son was with us and we were talking i was like hey ivan's son like ivan's son was there he's like what do you think about ivan seeing this ufo and he's like oh it's interesting because he's like the 16 year old critical thinker and he's very skeptical right so he looks up and he brought up the elon thing as well but adam looked into the timing and the launch happened like hours before their sighting it has to go around the world a couple of times. I mean, it's going around the world once every fucking hour. The, the string of satellites coming out of this rocket doesn't go around the Earth, does it? Yeah, that's what they do forever after that. Orbit. Forever, forever after that. Fall you off can't the see edge them. Of the you Earth. can't see them. I seen the, the moons of Jupiter that one night with the scope. Oh, that, that was, was cool. crazy, dude. That was cool. And those They're lasers that like make the line in the sky. That's what we use in our C5s, dude. Yeah, that was a, that was, I was pretty impressed by the lasers that you guys that's, have. Yeah. I got to say. <laughs> You guys have it. You, you could have come it. out and seen something too. Nah. You're going to come out locally here one day? Maybe. The stars were magnificent. Oh, it was fantastic. When they were out, the dark sky was I mean, unbelievable. Contact at the cabin is fucking not easy to get to. That's for sure. That place was in the middle of nowhere. It's Snowed like every rally. night. It's like a rally drive yeah. in the mud. It was great. But it was so, great. Anyways, we're going to do more. Wait, I'm not finished the whole UFO okay, rundown yet. Go. Oh my okay, God, this is the going. best part. I mean, it's unbelievable. Well, I figured so, you were done after you read the text. You didn't even see it. I know. <laughs> that's the problem. But Adam and Ivan were super, they were like this. I don't think that's. We got to get them on the wrap up show. So then the next night we got back from, from our tour. Four guys were like, we just saw this. They saw this. This flash in the sky and a rectangle-shaped light, like big. And then they saw the same thing. So it was Nikki and his son. And then who, who were the other two people that saw it? Now I'm going to gap out. Jeremiah. That's Nikki's son. Yeah. Oh, and... Uh, and uh, 
I can't remember now. First not. Archer. Archer, yeah. Yeah, and somebody else. Now I'm going to forget. So, um, I should, should I find that out right now? Or I can figure I it think out if you okay. want to just. No, it's yeah, okay. do, 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 you're just, you're just you're annoying me right now. I am? Because <laughs> I don't care about the UFO you didn't see. I would rather hear about it from the Europe people who've seen the UFO. Well, I'm going to tell you now. Tell me what? Who it was? Yeah. But I mean, we should get them to call in for the wrap-up show. We're not, tell us first. What are we doing, a wrap-up show? We're doing a wrap-up show, yeah. I don't know when yet. Because Adam thought there was only two guys that saw it the next day. And there was more. And Ken, it was the house guy. Oh, Ken. Yeah, yeah. So That's who sent me on that road. Okay. Spot, pause, pause. Pause, pause. Okay. So Ken, the guy, that the maintenance guy in the house who's there with us, he's like, you guys are so cool. I was hanging out with you guys. Like, normally he doesn't hang around with groups of people, right? And he says, I've never seen a UFO like that. So the next night after that, we got back to the cabin and four guys saw the same thing. Now, Nikki's... Nikki's son is like, I can't call that a UFO because it wasn't flying. It was slithering. It was like an unidentified, what did, what did he, what word did he use? Like an unidentified snake. Like it was like slithering through the sky with hundreds of lights in it huh. after that big rectangular flash. Like it, it, these guys were all like blown away by this. Four of them saw it the second night. So how weird is it that this style of sighting, which isn't very common, you know, this weird snake-like thing in the sky with hundreds of lights moving around in it. Not just a, a straight line string of satellites like people are showing. Is it the there. Milky Way? Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on. But how coincidental that now that yeah. everybody can just say, oh, that was, that was Elon Musk's 61 communication satellites <laughs> being released in a line. No, it wasn't. It was different timing and it was a different sighting. And it was a, two nines. Can you believe it? Fantastic. Adam's still blown away. And you weren't there for any of it. I missed it all. (laughs) And if I would have done the CE5 that night, 20 people would have seen the thing. Yeah. Because I was was really blown away by the interest in in the CE5s and how many people came out to me, even though I couldn't find where I'd set up the table because it was so dark out. I led them astray into the middle of this field. We just stopped there and did it there. Felt like a bit of a tool. Went back there for the night. Dark sky. Okay. Okay. I could I could see your flashlight over there in the dark just shining around. <laughs> you guys were very apparent from those. We were uh, we did see the full moon rise a couple times, which was fantastic too. And this in the Milky Way. Yeah. The Milky Way come up over the mountains. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you could really see the, uh, on the drive down, I took the scenic route both ways, and you could really see the flood damage Yeah. when you're thinking about it and yeah. it's in your head like that. What a drive. You know what I was thinking is the drive itself is such a, is that we have to do the five intros we could do uh, on each intro, we'll touch on a state. Sure, well, if you, sure, if you can't think of that. We need some content somewhere. <laughs> No, I, do like the speed I do like the three of those states, oh, the 80 mile, 80 an, mile hour. an hour speed limit. Yeah. Fantastic. That's a comfortable speed. Like 130, yeah. 140 kilometers an hour, you're just cruising. That's that's where you drive at. Hopefully in the right Not direction. Not 100 or 110. I mean, it's just ludicrous, this, our speed limits. 
I it's just a the, cash cow. It's so they can I fucking charge directions your money. for a while, and I drove like 200 miles in the wrong direction. I know. That's terrible. I had like five hours to my day. I know. I could tell when I was on, we were finally talking on the phone, and I'm like, so uh, have you made it through Moab and Price yet? And you're like, silence. Like, <laughs> I'm on the 15. I'll call I, you back. I'm on the 15, and I'm like, I was on the 15 a long time ago. Like, I took the right route, I'm pretty sure, cutting down to the state. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I'll call you back. I'll call you back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally late. That's how she goes sometimes. Actually, a big shout out to uh, to Matt as well. Who's Matt? For help with that. No, we podcasted from his house. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah Matt. 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 New listener, Matt. Probably new listener, Matt. I think he probably listened now. Anyway, yeah, Matt was great. How do I search in this new uh, compound fucking thing? I don't even know. And anyways, thanks to to some of the listeners there giving us gifts and stuff. And I really appreciate the the value for value gifts and the donations. Fantastic. Does it count as physical mail if it's uh, if it's hand delivered? Sure. Well, right now I can't get I can't get it to work. Oh, there we go. Because I still haven't put it on the iPad. Luckily, Felix still gives me access to his Dropbox, whatever the fuck this is. Are you counting all the coins? Yep. There's 33 of them? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I'm just wondering. Is, not, maybe there might be. Is this this note? Yeah. And paper and write this down or a pencil. Why don't you send some physical mail to the Grand America show at P.O. Box 16033. Next line, uh huh. 100-815, 17th Avenue, SW. Next line, uh huh. Calgary, Alberta. Next line, uh huh. Canada. Next line, uh-huh. T2T space, 5H7, that's the EO box. Why don't you send Darren some dirty socks? Because he's got a dirty sock fetish. Darren and Graham, here is a little change to help keep this boat afloat. 33 silver coin, coins and a note. Ca- yeah, I just counted up 33. Despite its burdensome weight, it never hurts to have a little more money. We are wise to honor the striking and immediate potency of our coin as it carries the seeds of our intentions, and we will reap the goods. Why else would we beg for such offerings in the name of our gods? Yet the worship of money will inevitably see us sell ourselves short. Always to be spent on something else, money is little more than an electric charge, building until it can fill any wish or whim. No matter how long you keep it, money bides its time, knowing that eventually it will find itself in someone else's hands, Hardly changed, no worse for wear, and always expecting to travel. Despite their express design to be interchangeable, each of these coins has a life and value all its own. They've traveled strange and disparate paths only to gather in your hands. Some worn smooth and unrecognizable with years of common use, while others squirreled away for a rainy day retain their shine and sharpness. Finally, thank you. Thank you for your time, because time is money. And we are wise if we pay attention to how we spend them. Value for value, Mr. Andrew Jones, Baron of America's Mountains. I see that coin you were playing Thanks, with? Are those 50 oh, cent yeah. pieces? Some of these are like from the 40s, dude. 
And that's like worn worn to the point where you can't even this fifty cent piece can't can't even read the uh, date. That's from forty one. That that piece. <laughs> the Warriors. Is this a note as well? Big thanks, Andrew. No, that, no that's not a note. Who was also no. at uh, yeah contacted contact the at yeah, the thanks. cabin. <clears throat> we had a great time meeting him. Who is the other Andrew? The other Andrew Drew. Drew was there teaching me how to make edibles. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Could have been a little less of uh, less potent. Yes, the edibles kind of knocked, knocked a few people out. Yeah, the the, the edibles rippled through the, the lodge. <laughs> and then, of course, we got this from uh, who's this from? That's the, that wasn't that in the uh, in the in the mugs and stuff we got. Yeah. The pottery we got a bunch of pottery. Oh, I like how this has a handle here, right? Eh? Yeah, yeah. Did you see the handles yeah. all see-through, too? Yeah. Okay. So these are, hey, Grimerica and friends, here's some pottery for you. Big beer mug for Darren. Graham, pick out a mug for yourself. I personally take from the handless cups. They feel primitive. Hold it. <laughs> Hold it in two hands, and it feels like drinking old school from a stream. I threw in a tetrahedron all last minute after watching one of Mr. Carlson's videos. It's the only platonic solid I had at the time. I've been playing around with nesting the five platonic solids. It's a lot of fun. This might, this stuff isn't near as cool as the pottery I had for you this summer. Specifically, made to each. Darren's mug had a rifle target centered on Bigfoot that reads, take the shot. Very funny. Graham, no drink Dunlop's mug had a mountain scene with friendly folks looking up at the a star at the stars and UFOs frame in a Merkaba. I wanted to mail them to you, but shipping was too much. The wife and I ended up on a road to road trip to Vancouver Island, and I was going to ship them when we crossed the border. Well, Bigfoot broke. It probably well, costs more once you cross the border, and yeah, knowing, knowing no, Canada yeah. Post. Yeah. Fuck. Well, off shipping it from Australia is probably cheaper or UK. Well, Bigfoot broke while traveling. Aww. Then our car broke down, and some stranger helped us out, and I gave them the Merkaba mug. <laughs> I was ashamed, so I didn't listen to a single show until I heard you all would be in Colorado. Well, you didn't have to do that. You're welcome to listen to all the shows. What a pain in the ass this has been. I mail ceramics all over the world, but this project <laughs> has been the most troublesome. I don't know why I feel the need to do this. I think it has to do with a long list of synchronicities I have with Grimerica. So drink up. My ceramics is some of the best in the world. I eat, sleep, and live for ceramics. I am a reincarnated silica-based life form. Some other people of note that I've done this with, Paul Stamets, Adam Green, no more news, James Corbett, David Ora, and others. If I could find Bonnie Faulkner... I'd give her a dinner set. If you are reading this, then I supported the show and I have some recommendations. First, why, Darren, do you use your slave name? I grew up in Navajo country and many of my friends refer to themselves as Indians. Second, Peru contact at the cabin in Peru next year. Ooh. Third, bring back the shit talk. One of my favorite reasons for listening... Like, what's up, pendejos, or what's going on, my goyams? 
Graham should try a drink every once in a while, Dunlop. <laughs> Graham too big for his calves, Dunlop. <laughs> Graham keeping it real, Dunlop. Graham smiley face, Dunlop. Worst thing I did was watch you guys on YouTube. I'm still going to think you look like the dudes from Strange Brew. Jarrett. Yeah, hoser. One last thing. If you guys want to do a fundraiser with my ceramic babies, I'm down. If we can figure out shipping, then it could be cool for everyone. I pitched this idea to Ben Davidson and friends. We looked at old pictograms to learn about and what they want through. Why not do that now? Carve into clay pictures, diagrams, equations, mesh molecules, structures, etc. It's like having a conversation with future people slash aliens. What would you want to say to them, and how would you say it? Phew, this has been great, even if it breaks and you all get nothing. I personally feel better about this, all this. Hope you have all of a great vacation in the U.S. Southwest. We made it all the way to Pachina Bay, beautiful country. If any of you or friends ever find yourself down in Silver City, New Mexico, hit me up. Ran out of room, but I'm not done. First thing, the greenery in Durango. Then Ska Brewery for Modus or Euphoria. Next, Shiprock. Watch what Thunderbolts Project peeps say about this formation. Chaco Canyon, you gotta see it December 21st or June 21st. The Zapata footprint. I went looking for this, but never found it. Gila Cliff Dwellings. Pictograms of the Southwest. Fortunately, some of the best is on reservations and the tribes keep jerks out. Maybe if Darren asks all nice like, do a mini series with Native Americans, reach out to all of the Americas and find an interview people that were here before. Canadian Prepper. That sounds good. Paul Stamets, a bunch of guest suggestions. So yeah. What's your what's your uh, what's your slave name? Darren? Darren, I guess. What's your real name? I don't know. He ran from wolves or something like that? Uh, White Wolf. White Wolf. Um, What else? Thanks for that. That Yeah, all the mugs made it safe and sound. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. We're using them right now as we speak. Yep. Better than those plastic Dixie cups for the studio. Dixie cups? Have you been in the States too long? I got an accent. (laughs) Oh, boy. Are they Dixie cups? I thought they were solo cups. Solo cups, yeah. Right, right. Anyway, I think we'll leave it at that. We got a bunch of other intros to record, so we'll cut this out a half an hour. Oh, it's half hour already? Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. the chat yeah. with Eric P. Antoni. Yeah, and Ram Fak, who joined and us Ram as well. Fack, that's Thanks, right. Ram. Sorry it took so long. Thanks, Ram. Sorry, buddy.
right, I'm super excited tonight. We've got a special episode. Got our friends, our friends um, Ram Feck with us here to help us out. He's a spiritual alchemist himself, and of course, Darren's with us. And uh, we have on Darren the line. Darren still doesn't know what a spiritual alchemist is. Well, he, I hey, I have a hard time with this definition too. So on the line, we have Eric P. Anthony here, author of Song of the Immortal Beloved, which is a contemporary explanation of spiritual alchemy. Alchemy. It's like a I don't I, I don't want to use the word Bible, but it's like a manual or a a uh, eight hundred page. How would you even describe I, I, it? I, I feel as though instruction manual is a good uh, a good way to um, uh, phrase it. Yeah, yeah. So welcome to the show, Eric. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Well, well, thanks very much for having me. Um, it's it's always a great pleasure to talk about alchemy and spiritual alchemy and and the process that I went through. Um, to write the book, and it's uh, I really enjoy talking about it. That's so. good. Yeah, I mean, I, I sent it to to Mark right away or to Ram Fack right away here, and and uh, he loved it, and I loved it, and I thought it would be great to be able to chat with you on the show. So thanks to your cousin Carl there who hooked us up mm-hmm. together. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's one of those things that it makes a lot of sense to me. It really resonates with me, but it's really deep as well, and it takes a lot. Of, like I could read it, you know, five or ten times. Yeah. I, I was saying to Graham earlier today that it it makes me uh, this book has kind of inspired me to almost abandon about a quarter of my book collection because I feel that the information contained in this book is so much more uh, accessible, um, and there's a lot um, less. Um, unrelevant information. It just seems that every, every chunk, everything that you read is, uh, written very much with intention. And as a reader, I very much appreciate that. And I appreciate you saying that because when, uh, when I first set out to write the book, it was because someone was asking me to explain how to go through the process. Hmm. And I decided to write it in a way that didn't have a lot of filler that was just straight and to the point. And, and I wanted it to be a book that I would have wanted to have read myself um, when I first started to study this subject. Mm. And because uh, I, I felt myself always grasping uh, for information, uh, for actionable information on how to actually go about the process. And there's a lot of books out there where there's just a lot of metaphor and, and a lot of phrases and um, a lot of stuff to stimulate thought, but mm-hmm. not a lot to actually tell you how to do it. Yeah. Facilitate so, that so, process. So, yeah. Um, so I, and I felt like the best way to do it was just to share the process that I went through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I didn't know how it was going to unravel. Um, it, it took its own course and I decided just to share exactly what happened and not concern myself with the way it might be viewed by other people, but literally just, this is what happened and I'm sharing it with you and Mm. that's it. From an authentic self, which is what a main part of the book is really teaching us how to identify the false self and allow the authentic self to come through, I think. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. the, the human mind, the way it's uh, we're born, we're not born perfectly. And the mind, the, the mind and the brain, uh, it it all manifests. It's a collision of consciousness and matter. And and 
just like colliding uh, particles together. And you, you get um, what comes out of that is not perfect. And um, if you apply your own conscious mind to that, you can end up correcting a lot of the imperfections of that collision between matter and consciousness. Wow. Uh, so maybe we should start with the, the, the definition at the beginning, because I, I, I've asked Mark this before as well, like, what what is spiritual alchemy? And Darren <laughs> asked the question twice tonight. I still can't get a straight so, answer. So, <laughs> so maybe start with, like, what is alchemy and or and okay. or what is spiritual alchemy? Because I have a right. I have this preconceived notion of alchemy, and I, it's hard for me to wrap my head around this sure. this thing. Spiritual alchemy. It, it, it's a great question because alchemy, as a as a term, uh, is a very old word, and um, alchemy as a subject goes back thousands of years. Um, but essentially, alchemy just means transformation, and it's uh, so anything. Can be alchemically transformed. So then you start to ask, well, what kind of alchemy? What kind of transformation? Is it the alchemy of physical substances, or is it uh, an alchemy of the human mind and of the spirit? And that's the subject of this book. It's the alchemy of the human being. And the reason we call it spiritual alchemy is because we're using the spirit as um, as part of the alchemical process. And basically what the spirit is, because uh, that's another very loosely um, used term, is, well, it, it's a, it's one of three primary dimensions of what I call the cosmic consciousness. And the cosmic consciousness is a underlying awareness that underlines everything in the universe. And it, pre it precedes creation. Um, it has no beginning. It always was and it always will be. And there's three dimensions within that cosmic consciousness. And those three dimensions are awareness, life, and love. And the spirit is the love that's within the, the cosmic consciousness. So it's literally the spirit arises out of the awareness within the cosmic consciousness, becoming aware of its own life. As a result of the, uh, of, of the awareness becoming aware of its own life, its own existence, that all automatically gives rise to love. And, and that love is the spirit of God. So, and everything in the universe that is that has that three-dimensional component. There's, uh, the Trinity exists in many different things throughout creation. That Trinity is all a reflection of those three fundamental dimensions of the cosmic consciousness, which is awareness, life, and love. Um, so those three forces, even though um, we, we call them three fundamental dimensions, um, which describe the cosmic consciousness, they also have in themselves their own force. And we can, we can become aware of these three forces through a, a, a discipline, what I call quantum meditation. And what I mean by quantum meditation is we are literally focusing the conscious mind within ourselves all the way down to the quantum level of, of existence. Because the cosmic consciousness doesn't exist 
at the macro level of, of creation. It exists at the micro level. It exists within the atom. It exists at the quantum level of existence uh, within all things. And your conscious mind has the ability to access that realm. So you have the ability to literally commune with, feel, resonate, and extract knowledge from all three forces of the cosmic consciousness. And the first force that is readily accessible to the conscious mind is the spirit or the love of God. And so when you go about trying to liberate your authentic self um, from what I call the false selves, uh, we, we leverage our resonance, our awareness of the spirit, and we bring that awareness in contrast to the thing that we're trying to transform within us. And when you're able to, for example, focus on a, on a, on something that's bothering you within your mind, maybe you're, you're depressed and you're feeling sad and you're able to uh, focus on that mood within yourself. If you can also in that same moment, contrast your awareness of the spirit in the same moment, you can literally transform that mood and what comes out of that is an aspect of your authentic self that you were not consciously aware of before that was suppressed. And you start literally uh, consolidating and individuating your conscious mind by doing that. And, and the way you go about that is, is through your daily life experiences. So your interactions with everybody in your daily life in evokes different types of mental states within you, whether it's uh, you're angry, you're sad, you're whatever. Um, and if you're able to observe it, then you're able to transform it. And, and so what the book teaches is, is a process of literally unraveling your mind and consolidating who you are within yourself by um, going through this process. Yeah, that's well said. Wow, and, that and, was really well said. Yeah, and, and so even liberating your false self, like you mentioned in the book, doesn't mean that it's going to be the, your authentic self is going to be the opposite of the false self. It could be just a, a different, uh, a different. Yeah, for take. example, for example, maybe, um, um, maybe there, you know, you're, you're focusing on something within yourself that you feel is, is suppressing who you truly are. So say there's um, an element of, of lust, lust yeah. that, 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 that's suppressing who you really are in some way, and you feel conflicted with it. So you, tr you focus on it, and there's a method of focusing on it, which I'm not going to describe here, but we use uh, the, what I call the five centers within us, and we focus on that um, element of lust. And um, some might think that... Um, the authentic self that's going to emerge out of that should be some kind of um, chastity or um, something pure. Well, in reality, what what may come out of it is an authentic aspect of your erotic nature that was that was twisted and not well expressed. Um, so it, it's not always something opposite that comes out. Um, I would say 50% of the time, it's not something opposite that, that emerges. So you really have to be open to what emerges out of that transformation. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's really interesting. So where, what should we do? Where do you want to go from here, Ram? Do you think? Uh... Well, when I, when I began reading um, uh, Song of the Immortal Beloved, I, there, were, there were so many, um, so many things that uh, jumped out at me and resonated with me and confirmed that, you know, I literally felt as though there was a, a piece uh, the missing piece of the puzzle had finally sort of dropped in my lap. Um, and one, one of one of the statements that you make really early on in the book is that the alchemical process begins when uh, the mind splits between the observer and the observed. Uh, right. So I was wondering, you know, that might be a good a good starting point for for maybe giving people that are are new to the idea of of uh, transformation from an alchemical point of view, um, yeah, it might it just might right. Be. So, so what's really happening is there is a process of creation in the universe, and the truth is is that that process has not completed itself, and it's attempting to complete itself. But in order to complete itself, it needs the cooperation of a conscious mind. And most people go about their life in a very automated fashion, where they're just reacting automatically to what's happening in their life. Um, but if you actually pause for a moment and, and focus your conscious mind instead of on the outside world, but within yourself and start to question, why am I feeling this way? Why am I reacting this way? Um, you know, regardless of the person that's maybe um, evoking the reaction, regardless of that, why am I reacting this way? And because um, maybe I don't want to react this way and I, and I feel like my true self is, is being suppressed or deflected in some way when, when that reaction comes about. So the, the moment you start to turn your, your, your mind inward on yourself, a very interesting dynamic takes place, and it happens automatically. Um, the moment you turn your conscious mind inward on your own self, your, your mind splits into the observer and the observed. Hmm. Automatically, content um, moves out to the periphery of your mind that you're able to observe. You're able to observe each emotion. You're able to observe each thought. You're able to observe each instinct. Who's doing the observing? Because people were confusing those thoughts and emotions for who they are. Hmm. So, how, so how can you actually be observing that then, if that's really you? Because the, tr the truth is, it's really not. It's, an, it's, an, it's a construct of your mind that's not fully integrated. And that's why you're able to observe it. Um, so... What we do is we start to leverage that dynamic and in a, in a practice of alchemical meditation, we start to observe the different constructs and content of our mind in the way it works. And you start to literally observe all your different feelings and how they um, actually react to the outside world. And, and, you, and you bring in your awareness of the spirit and and when you bring those two into resonance with each other, just by being consciously aware of both in the same moment, the, the thing that you're observing automatically transforms and your authentic self emerges. 
and you become more individuated, you become more free to be who you truly are in life. Um, the, the, one of the key things about what actually causes that to happen, now what causes the, the thing that you're observing to transform in the presence of the spirit? The thing that causes that is a law in the universe called the law of sympathetic resonance. And it's a, and, and this is, this is, and I just call it alpha mm-hmm. in my oh, book. Oh, okay, uh, that's where the alpha is, yeah. So, and to explain what it is, um, now how many times have you been sitting in your house and um, a car drives by, it's blasting its music, and your window panes start to vibrate to the tune of the music? Have, have you all witnessed that before? Yeah, yep. for sure. Yeah, that's the law of sympathetic resonance. And your mind has the, the alchemical process utilizes the same phenomenon. So literally your emotions can tune into the, to the, the feeling of the spirit and literally transform due to the law of sympathetic resonance. And when you start to do that on a regular basis, alpha starts to uh, emerge within you at an elevated level. Alpha is actually guiding the process of evolution throughout the entire universe and throughout creation. It's guiding um, the process and the organization of creation to a higher reality. And it's doing it at a very slow momentum, at at a very slow rhythm. Mm. But if you start to utilize it consciously, then it actually speeds up within yourself. And... And, and when that happens, uh, alpha starts to literally guide the alchemical process of your life through your life. And that course is the three mountains mm. that I talk about in the book. So alpha actually moves in geometric patterns. Um, and and it, it, the... The, the shape of the, of the universe, the organization of the universe, the galaxies, the, the atoms, those are all geometric patterns of alpha. That, that's the universe organizing itself. And, and when you, you can utilize that force to literally transform yourself and elevate yourself to a higher level of, of existence. Is that the same sort of ideas when you like, uh, I, I forget what they call it, but when you like run... Uh, different sound frequencies and stuff through sound. Yes. You can get those crazy designs. Yes, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, those are cool that's a, looking. That's so, I mean, think about what's that. You like cymatics, you mean? Is that what yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you just think about what what that's doing to, like, your insides, you know? If you can easily, you make this pretty picture in the sand, or you can play some other shit and make a total disaster, and then, you know, what's that doing to your brain? Yeah. Hmm. Yep. You, you, you literally crystallize the matter in your brain by focusing your conscious awareness upon it. Huh. So is that, is, is to get to that level of, of awareness, <clears throat> is that the meditation practice that you, I think Mark, you were telling me about that earlier. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, and I feel like that would be difficult to do, you, although I'm a regular meditator and stuff, but to feel that maybe we should talk about that process a little bit is, is to, to, uh, to go into that relaxed breathing state or whatever, and then feel that, that uh, 
feel an experience and try and recognize it in your in your body, I guess. Do you want to describe that a little bit? Sure. So there's two different schools of thought that actually already teach um, this discipline, but in the, in the way that they teach it, it's incomplete. Um, what they're missing is the spirit. Um, so Gurdjieff and Al Spensky um, taught a system of transformation um, where you, you literally transform um, the elements of your mind. And the, you, you need a system in order to do that. You need, a, you need a method, a mechanism in order to experience the content of your mind and to organize it and to observe it. And the system they used is called the five centers. And so, and this is where you, we start to get into the ethereal bodies and the chakras and so forth. Um, but uh, at the ethereal level of, of your being, um, you have five centers, uh, your intellectual center, where you process all your thoughts, your emotional center, where you process all your emotions, uh, your instinctive center, where you feel your instincts, um, your, your motor center, and uh, your sexual center. And whatever you're experiencing within yourself at any one moment, you can focus your conscious mind on those five different centers, one at a time, and you can experience that emotion slightly differently in each of the five centers. Um, so if you're, if you're feeling anger in one moment, you can isolate it, focus on it, and all right, let me shift to my uh, mental center or intellectual center and experience that motion, that anger, uh, that anger in the mental center. Okay. Feel it, taste it. What kind of thoughts are running through it? And really, you know, get a, 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 a sensory feeling of that uh, anger in your mental center and then focus your emotional and, and get a snapshot and understanding of that. And you go through all five centers and now you're de you're developing a higher intelligence, a, a higher emotional awareness of the anger relative to those five centers. Mm. And when you start to do that, um, what, what ends up happening is you open up an opportunity to transform because one of the laws of transformation is that you have to have an understanding, a level of comprehension of the thing that you want to transform in order to transform it. If you have not properly understood that element of anger, you, you cannot transform it. So you have to be able to isolate it, delve into it and understand it. And the understanding is not an intellectual understanding. It's a emotional understanding. You have to feel the understanding. You have to extract the, the understanding out of your feelings. It's not, oh, this is anger and I'm angry because this person said this and this goes back to when I was a kid and um, I had that bad experience on the playground and that's why this anger is coming back. That's the wrong type of analysis. Um, the, the type of analysis is you got to feel the way the anger is actually working inside you relative to those five centers. And you, so you got to have a, a deep um, EQ level experience of, of the emotion or the element that you're targeting. And once you have that, 
then you're able to transform it. And that's exactly where Gurdjieff and Alspensky and them fell flat. They, they, they taught a system where you can isolate those psychic elements. Um, and, but how do you transform it? And they're, that's where they really fell flat. And I struggled for many years before um, I, f- I, f- I discovered the missing key ingredient, which was the spirit. Yeah. Hmm. Now, do those um, five centers correspond with the chakras or are, is that they a do. different? Okay. They do. Um, the five centers uh, correspond directly to um, our ethereal bodies. Uh, which I describe in the book and in a lot of uh, esoteric institutions, they talk about the astral body, the mental body, the vital body, um, the spiritual body. Um, we, we do have those bodies and, but the five centers directly correlate to those bodies. Like the, the emotional center is the emotional body. Um, they, they're really one in the same. Um, and so is the mental body and the and, and the mental center. They're directly correlated. The, the chakras are really a secondary um, uh, energy system that connects all the ethereal bodies to the physical body. Mm. Um, you know, when, when you when you're under stress, that that stress is in the mind, but it ultimately ends up in manifesting in your physical body, and that. Is that travels through the chakras and and through our ethereal bodies, and that's how a a mental thought can literally physically impact your body. So, hmm. so be careful with your thoughts. <laughs> yes, you, you you can literally make yourself sick um, with with the the way we think and the way we feel. Um, matter of fact, I believe. Um, you know that 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 plays a, plays a major role in, in many underlying diseases, uh, including cancer and so forth, yeah, because absolutely. the the mind is not properly balanced and it's taking a toll on the physical body. Well, yeah, I mean the, that's the whole basis of psychosomatics is that. Yeah. That. Yeah. So I, I I really appreciate when you're explaining that and you're explaining the meditations that you you referenced. You know that it's. It's it's not about intellectualizing your experience, but actually feeling um, this emotional experience. Um, because right. when I, as I was reading through um, Song of the Immortal Beloved, uh, and started with the meditation practices um, for Mount Sophia, the my first instinct was to intellectualize my emotion as opposed to feeling it, and so I right. really I really had to. Um, take the time and, and sit with that experience until I began to feel it. Um, right. Because it became obvious that intellectualizing it and even writing or, or, or really going in depth about intellectualizing it wasn't really fulfilling what it was that <laughs> was the purpose of the meditation. Yeah. And I think many people will automatically start that way mm-hmm. because, because modern psychology caused a kind of, conditions us to sure. process ourselves in that way and where we're 
Yeah, no, uh, for sure. You you had you you mentioned it at the start of chapter one. You know that 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 we have this instinct um, to reduce everything to our illusions versus um, actually what it is. You know, right? Um, yep. And that made more sense to me going back and rereading that after I had uh, my own experience with attempting to intellectualize the meditation as opposed to <laughs> to feeling it. Right. And. And the ultimate goal is really, you know, in the, in the first couple of years, uh, you know, there is a concerted effort to um, really orient your mind to be being able to do this process. Mm. Um, but so in, in the first year or two, there's a lot of seated meditation and there's a, there's a you know, you really need to spend at least an hour a day um, in meditation uh, doing these practices. But eventually the mind learns how to do it outside of seated meditation. Mm -hmm. And, and that's where the, the alchemical process really launches itself because it would take forever. If you, if you had to only transform yourself uh, in seated meditation, you really need to be able to do it moment to moment. Um, So you, you, you learn the process, you develop the inner senses and the emotional EQ, so to speak, um, through the uh, initial seated meditations and so forth. But eventually you want to be able to take that inner process and, and walk with it. And, and when you're at work and someone says something that upsets you, you want to be able to literally transform it in that moment mm-hmm. and not have to go sit down somewhere and meditate to transform it. Now, you want to be able to do it on the go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and once you, you're able to get to that level, then everything really starts to pick up momentum and, al- and alpha really starts to rise. Is that the point that, that you would then move into the second mountain, like uh, on this journey? Yeah. So actually, the, uh, the transformation of psychic elements like that is really a, a second mountain uh, discipline. Hmm. But you really have to start doing it in the first mountain yeah, yeah. in order to in, to develop the momentum. And so that's why uh, in, the, in the first mountain, uh, the, the transformation goes very slow uh, because you're really doing a you don't have alpha supporting you uh, uh, yet. Alpha is like the wind blowing in your sail hmm. and, and, and that wind is, isn't blowing in your sail. It's going to, your transformation process is going to be much slower. The boat moves more slowly. So, but the way you get alpha moving and that wind blowing is you, you just keep doing the practice and, and then eventually it starts to pick up momentum. So, um, you, you do have to go through a process in the first mountain where you alpha goes through its own process. Uh, of escalating its resonance, it's escalating its its organizational momentum, um, and it needs to literally migrate through each of your ethereal bodies, and it does it in accordance to its own program. Uh, it's not something that you can really control. Hmm. The, the the way you collaborate with with the this force is through the practice of the three factors, which I describe in, in, in the book. Um, right now we're talking about transformation, but that's only one of the three factors. In order to really compel the, uh, this 
universal organizational force of alpha to really um, cause your mind to consolidate and indiv individuate, um, you really have to practice all three factors. And the three factors are transformation, which we we're just talking about. The second one is cultivation. And the third one is love. And, and the reason why uh, cultivation is, is important um, is all, all three are critically important. But cultivation, you are um, cultivating uh, the, the, the energy systems in your body. So the energy systems in the human body are biologically more yang or biologically more yin and it, it's we all men and women have both yin and yang within them just because you're a man doesn't mean you're all yang and just because you're a woman you're all yin we all have both polarities within us and we and our our energy system all fall, falls within a spectrum but the, the spirit, which what I was saying is the force that we use to transform, um, that has a completely neutral energy. It's neither yin or yang. And if you want to be able to access the spirit, then you need to see past the, the yin-yang energy systems of your body. So the reason we cultivate our energy is to access the deeper energy of the spirit. So that's why we bring together the, the male uh, or the yin-yang uh, polarities uh, in our bodies um, to try to neutralize our energy in the body so that we can access the spirit. So that, and then we access the spirit, we can use it to transform the elements within us. So that's, that's how all three factors work together. Um, there, there's a lot of... Uh, ancient schools um, that uh, taught the sexual mysteries and, and cosmic cultivation and so forth. But they didn't realize that the second, and cultivation is what I call the second factor. The second factor is not the primary goal. Uh, the, the second factor is a supporting uh, tool to the alchemical transformation process. Mm. Like I said, it's there to help you gain a deeper access to to the spirit and to the forces of the cosmic consciousness. It's not there for itself, um, and so so that's a, a very important distinction to make. To me, the the most important of the three factors is the third factor, which is love, and uh, the third factor is all about developing your relationship with the cosmic consciousness, developing your awareness with it. Um, literally feeling the spirit of God running through you. That is the third factor. Because without the third factor, the first factor is impossible. So um, all three really have to work together. Um, many of the philosophies throughout history, um, one would gravitate more to one of the three factors, but very few, actually I've, I haven't really found any, uh, philosophy that would encompass and embrace all three factors at once as part of their own philosophy. So, you know, you can get a lot of Buddhist techniques. I was just going to ask about Buddhism. It seems to be, it really seems to resonate with, with, or at least been built upon some sort of 
foundation of Buddhism in a way. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, you know, the Tibetan monks, um, they got very much into the first factor uh, of transformation. Um, uh, other schools of uh, Kundal, uh, the sexual tantra schools, Taoist sexual tantra, they're very much into the second factor. Um, and then there's um, a lot of different philosophical schools that really just focus purely on the third factor. Um, but you, if you really want to transform your being and elevate yourself and liberate your authentic self, you really have to embrace all three factors. Mm. What do you uh, what do you feel is the relationship between uh, Jung's um, concept of individuation or Jungian psychology in general and uh-huh. comparing and contrasting that with alchemy? Well, Jung was a pioneer in alchemy in, in my mind, mm. um, and uh, individuation is really um, the process that we're talking about, where the authentic self becomes the master of its own mind and everything starts to consolidate within yourself. Uh, you have a permanent center of gravity. Mm. And what I mean by that is um, from moment to moment, you're who you truly are. You don't have different competing instincts and automated reactions driving your personality and your behavior. Um, your authentic self is able to freely express itself without being pulled away by some instinctive reaction within your psyche. Mm, Um, So when your authentic self is fully present from moment to moment and is free to be present, that's individuation. Mm. That's the individuated mind. Wow. I mean, yeah, it makes, (laughs) it makes sense. What what about, um, well, you mentioned God a couple of times. I mean, maybe put that into context just for, for people. Yeah, so I think, you know, when people think about God, they, they immediately start referencing their what they've learned throughout life from either the religion that they're a part of or whatever. So most, most people have a mythological um, perception of what God is. Um, to me, what, what God is, is it's the awareness that's embedded in the universe. That was always there. It's the it's the cosmic consciousness, and it exists at the quantum level of existence. Uh, it's not an individual um, human like being that you're going to meet after you die. It's a it's a force of consciousness. It's very much alive. It's very much aware of you, um, more so than you are of it, or we will ever be of it. Um, it is a real living being, um, but it is not a mythologized um, being as many people uh, expect it to be. Mm. Um, God is consciousness. It, it's awareness. It's it's the essence of life, and it's pure love is what God is. But all of that is what the cosmic consciousness, like I said, it exists at the quantum level of existence, and it causes our reality to to emerge into existence. I was wondering if you could um, uh, touch on the difference between the temporal, physical being and the eternal, primordial being. Yeah, so 
one of the uh, what was interesting about the process about this alchemical process is you know early on I, I started to work with the three factors when I was 16 wow. and I didn't know where it was going to take me to be honest with you I just looked at I was always just focused on the next thing that I was transforming I didn't I had no idea where it was going and um, and I just went with the flow but Alpha actually has a, a path that guides you down. Mm. <clears throat> and what, where Alpha takes us, and I believe this is universal, it's not just, it's not just unique to myself. Um, what Alpha is trying to do, it's trying to unify the mind. And, and unifying the mind is not just unifying the contents of your own individual mind. It wants to unify your mind with the universe. It wants to unify your mind with the, the origin of everything. It wants to unify your mind with God. And it's not going to stop until it gets there. And so if you keep transforming one element after another, it's going to lead you down a path until it brings you to that point. And, and, and what, what you start to learn is that the temporal physical being who you are sitting here today is is not your total self and alpha will reconnect you with what i call the primordial self and your primordial self or your primordial being is who you truly are it, you have an immortal body that you've always had it's always been there and, and physically, when you die, your conscious awareness is is reabsorbed back into your, your primordial body and you reawaken in the primordial universe. And you've only have one primordial body and you've always had that one primordial body, but you have many physical existences. Um, so you reincarnate oh. over and over again, life after life. But every time you die physically, you always go back to that same primordial body. I was just gonna—I was just making notes on that because the question in my head came up: if you meet, if you if you meet that, or let's say you go down that path through sympathetic resonance and alpha, and you meet God, the awareness, and you find your primordial body, does that mean you will start to maybe remember your next life, or does that bring Absolutely. some sort? Of, yeah. Absolutely. You literally start to reconnect everything. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. See, see, your physical brain literally acts as a reducing valve, and it causes mm -hmm. you to forget. And you, that, that's why you're not all here. You're, most of your, your existence and your awareness and who you truly are is all in your primordial, uh, all in your primordial body. Mm -hmm. And... And when you start to reconnect, when you start to bridge your physical brain with your primordial brain, everything start your your physical brain starts to get flooded with all the memories of your past lives. of all of yeah. all your past lives yeah. and and of the primordial universe itself. Right, and then and then your future life. When you get to that next life, you'll have this life in memory, hopefully. Yes. Absolutely, because, you know, the, the alchemical work you do in this life is is picked up and carried over from your it, it's picked up by your primordial being 
and then reproject it into your next physical life. So you're literally building the blueprint of your next physical existence right now in your in this physical body. The the, the way your uh, the way your mind is is developing its conscious awareness in in your current physical body is literally projecting a blueprint to your next physical existence. Mm-hmm. And and that and it's all being. Uh, channeled through your primordial being. So, and, and, and the reason why that is able to occur is because it's not just the soul that reincarnates. Uh, there's a good portion of your mind that reincarnates as well. The, the physical body mm. um, is a crucible to your mind and it helps to shape your mind. But the, but the, the ethereal bodies, which make up the mind, they all they all go with you when you die, okay? So um, so when you reincarnate, you're not just reincarnating your soul. You're you're reincarnating different aspects of of your mind as well. So so that's so that that's the importance of of alchemy, um, and, and it's the importance of literally trying to evolve and become aware in each life. Is that you're literally affecting yourself, um, life to life. Yeah. You know. It, it, so you're we're doing ourselves a disservice if we just move through life as animals, literally just reacting and searching for food and and trying to reproduce. We're we're not really um, propelling ourselves um, very far. You in 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 the book you um, mention um, uh, some really wonderful uh, ideas about uh, cosmology in regards to uh, space and time uh, um, connecting um, or, or possibly originating with our um, uh, imagination and um, um, dark energy. Um, mm-hmm. I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about those cosmological ideas. Yeah. So um, alpha, like I said, it, it's, le- it, it's leading everyone towards uh, unification. It's trying to unify the mind and not just within yourself, but with the universe as a whole. And the reason it's trying to do that is because of how creation actually came about. And alpha will eventually take you back to the point of creation itself because it needs to show you something. It, 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 it needs to show you that your current state of existence is directly related to how creation came about and and that what's happening at at the quantum level is 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 god is still trying to reconcile creation itself and he's using you to help him reconcile it Hmm. and and uh it's all creation's already been reconciled with the source at the cosmic level and the cosmic level is the very large and the very small it's with inside the atom and it's it's the furthest reaches of the universe that's the cosmic level it's a loop it's a serpent swallowing its tail but there's other levels of existence and the other levels are the planetary level and the individual level and the individual and planetary levels those cycles of creation have not completed themselves yet. 
And the only way that they can complete themselves is through the through the intercession of a conscious mind. And um, but because the the cosmic level has already been reconciled, um, that's what's causing the expansion of the universe. Because what's happening is at the cosmic level of creation is trying to match the parameters of an infinite source that it came from. And, and, and that causes the universe to expand forever. It, it, it's a paradox. The, the expansion of the universe is driven by a divine paradox. Um, because the universe is trying to match the parameters of an infinite source, and it, can, it will never be able to do it. And that's what's causing the expansion. And that is alpha. So, um, but, but that's, the, and that's what uh, cosmologists would call uh, dark energy or dark force. And they call it dark because they don't understand it. Mm. And, and, but what I'm saying is it's, it's literally the, the universe itself reacting to a conscious mind. And there's a conscious mind uh, projecting a pattern on, on the universe itself. And the universe is reacting to it, and it's expanding in in, in response. There was uh, something in the in the book jumped out when you had said that. I remembered you had mentioned something about how science is reluctant to um, acknowledge alpha in because it rings a little too close to the religious, right? Uh, you know, and so. You know that that presents a really interesting challenge. Uh, I think within that the scientific community, like I wonder at what point will science begin or not be afraid to consider a, an outside? I I think it's slowly starting to make some progress there, and it's making progress in the field of quantum physics hmm. um, because some of the experiments and observations that they're making even in the laboratories at the quantum level is causing people's hair to stand up. And, uh, and, and it, it's all implying a conscious awareness exists in the universe. Um, and so I, I, I think ultimately it's going to be quantum physicists that start taking the lead on answering the questions about awareness, consciousness, the soul and so forth. And eventually, um, Religion is going to start taking a back seat. We're going to get right back to where we were with the ether about a hundred years ago, or whatever. I mean, exactly. <clears throat> Bill Hicks already called all this thing. <laughs> I heard Bill Hicks say this in a bit, like twenty-five years ago. <laughs> yeah, yep. Well, he was talking about so magic he, mushrooms. So, where does where does if the mind's a reducer? Do you think like psychedelics like psilocybin and uh, LSD are reducing further or or reducing well, less? That, that that's a really good question. I mean, people have asked me, so you know, uh, psychedelic drugs and um, um, psychotropics. You know, what kind of impact does that have on the alchemical process? People have asked me that, and the truth is, is that um, any any drug that causes a spike in dopamine or DHT um, can literally cause a chemical bridge between the conscious mind and the spirit, the form. Um, but the problem is, is that it's really unsustainable and very risky to your health. So um, 
you know, it's not some, I think you're take people are taking a big risk in experimenting like that, but it's worthy of study um, by scientists in, in a controlled setting. But, you know, um, uh, different rituals and stuff of like different Indian tribes, you know, they've, they've uh, used the Hiawatha um, um, uh, drug and so forth. That's all, you know, utilized. That's them literally trying to develop a, a chemical bridge between the conscious mind and the spirit. And from a scientific point of view, not from a moral point of view, it's valid. Um, that it, it, there, there is validity to it. Um, but, you know, then it opens up a whole can of worms about the, the moral implications and, and stuff like that. So. So how do you recommend people that have been sort of on this journey maybe, but don't even realize they're, they're halfway down this path or they're in the, they might be in the second mountain or like, I I feel like I've been through a lot of this at the, in the beginning over the last say 11 years or so. Yeah. So, because a lot of it's really resonating with me and, and, um, but I kind of need to tweak everything to probably. Well, one thing I would say to people is, um, have no concern or worry. Um, it's impossible to get left behind. Um, we, we are all in this journey together and alpha is moving all of us. Uh, it's just how quick do you want to move? And, uh, but you, nobody's going to get left behind. Uh, and so you just got to decide, you know, do you want to do this over many existences or do you want to, um, propel yourself now in this current existence. Um, and that's really a decision between you and God. You are not required to do it. You can, can continue your life as it is, and um, you will not be left behind. We are all in this together. We are all evolving together. We are all evolving towards a point of unity. Um, but if you want to accelerate it, um, then... There, there's it, it really just requires a conscious effort to interject your conscious mind into the evolutionary process. And so you, you learn about how alpha is actually directing uh, the process. You, you realize that it's, its goal is to literally unify the mind with God. So how do you collaborate with that? And uh, the truth is, is it's it's very very simple, and it's just learning the three factors. Um, in the book, you know, I describe a lot of uh, a lot of the mechanics um, and a lot of the steps and stages, and 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 I, I'm really kind of giving a mechanics guide of what's going on. But the truth is, you really don't have to know a lot of it. All you really have to know is the three factors, um, and that's really it. And, and you mentioned the, uh, the three mountains, the, the three mountains themselves, you know, what, what essentially are the three mountains? The three mountains are a psychokinetic organizational pattern um, that alpha moves our evolution through. It, it's, it, and um, it, it builds up in stages. The three mountains are three major milestones towards the point of unification in the develop in the development of what I call the monad. The monad is the unified mind. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, is that um, 
everybody um, has experienced the three mountains, all three mountains at some level in, in, in their existence. You know, the, the, the third mountain is really our encounter with the Tao. It's our, our encounter with God. And most people have had some kind of encounter at some level of their life. Um, the second mountain is really where we're really transforming ourselves and integrating our mind. And the first mountain is us really just getting all those wheels moving in motion. Um, but at some level, we're, we're always experiencing some aspect of all three mountains in our life. But by practicing the three factors, it organizes the process mm, okay. is, is, what, is what happens. What's the difference between the straight path and the spiral path? So the spiral, the spiral path is um, basically, like I said, Alpha is already directing all of us. Yeah. Uh, through, on a, through that resonance, on a, right? Yeah. It's already directing the evolution of our mind, all of our minds, towards a unity with God. But it's doing it in planetary time. And, and so, therefore, we're all in group sync together. And we form the, the planetary group mind together and we evolve together um, in, in, in the planetary group mind and we do it over eons of time. And, and that's why we continuously reincarnate and because we're, we're doing it over eons of time and the, the physical body is slowly being jumped um, uh, through one generation after another towards that eventual goal. Uh, and that's what, so we keep reincarnating um, and, and, and involving in planetary time in group sync with everybody else who's on the planet. That's the spiral path. The straight path is, you know what? I don't want to be along just for the ride. I, I don't want to do this um, mostly unconscious. I want to do this in full collaboration. I want to know what's going on. And I want to collaborate with it. I want to get knowledge out of it. I want to understand it. And that's the straight path. When the moment you you start recognizing this force at work in your life, and you start working with the three factors, um, you can literally unify your mind and develop the monad in one existence. And that is the straight path. Hmm. Initiative is the word that that comes to my mind as you're as you're saying talking about the straight path. Yeah, you know, taking the initiative to. Yes. Uh, you're taking the initiative. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So when when on your journey, uh, one one of the things that you mentioned in the book um, is the um, benefit of uh, having an accountable group uh, of people to share on your you know, with your alchemical journey, did, right. like, did, did you have people that you could go to and say, well, believe it or not, the, the people that I would go to and, and get help from, because we all need that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, were people that weren't even on the straight path. Mm. Um, you know, my, my dad was a psychologist and, um, I'd be learning from him all the time. Um, and, and just learning from um, my peers and friends in life, uh, they, 
they they were always helping me too. Um, so it we don't necessarily get help only from other people that are doing the same process. Hmm. Um, we we can get help from everybody. Yeah, you should be getting help from everyone. I think either directly or indirectly. Yeah, for sure. Yep, absolutely. And I find, believe it or not, indirect most of the time is the most authentic and direct way, um, because um, you know it. It's more personal, it's, right? Because indirectly, yeah, it's, it's, you have to teach yourself that lesson. It's not Buddy sitting you down on his knee and saying, "Listen, Frank, you got to get your <laughs> shit together. You did it again." Right. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. The best thing that, that I've learned the best way to go about this process is to kind of keep it under your sleeve, so to speak, and just be your true self. Don't go around telling everyone, oh, I'm doing this alchemical process. Just be natural with everybody and keep doing the, the alchemical process within yourself. But to the to the rest of the world, just be you hmm. and 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 be authentic and be real. And have real human interactions with people and and don't try to be something that you're not. And because the moment we start faking and trying to be something that we're not, then we start to uh, sabotage the alchemical process. Uh, the, 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 the whole goal is to be authentic and, and to be who your true self. Um, so we should make an effort to be that way in our life and we should keep the knowledge of our alchemical process sacred. And we do that by keeping it silent and, and not bragging about it and, and not putting it in people's face. And, and, and it, it's, I, I found that to be the best way because, you know, if I'm, if I have a, a girlfriend or something or, or just a close buddy and I start talking about the alchemical process, all of a sudden I feel the nature of the, of my friendship with those people change. It's like now all of a sudden they don't talk to me the same way mm. or they don't want to hang out with me the same way or or and and I don't want that. And it's not good for the alchemical process. Um, so it, it's better to just be totally natural and be yourself. Mm. It's easier too. yeah, it's easier too. Well, at least once you get through the shit, it's easier. <laughs> <laughs> it might not be easier for the first for the first little while. What is the um, significance of the planetary group mind? So, communism. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, like I said, the uh, uh, what Alpha really shows us is that um, the universe has not completed its process of creation yet. Hmm. And, and that the planetary and individual levels of creation are still a work in progress. And um, so our, the, 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 the spiral path is proceeding on a planetary level. We, we, are, all, we are all in it together. Um, that, that's, that's the spiral path and that's the significance of the planetary group mind is that all of us together, our resonance together, literally manifests the planetary group mind. And so the, man, the, the planetary group mind is a reflection of us as much as we are of it. And um, its growth doesn't get too far ahead of our own growth. Um, and it's interdependent and symbiotic on, the, on each other. 
We've talked a lot about the technical aspects of this, but can we get into a little bit about your experiences with... Uh, sure. Like, specifically, I mean, it. you know, the last half of your book with your experiences is, is pretty mind-blowing, and I don't know where where I want to go with that, maybe about good and evil and your encounter with Lucifer, that kind of stuff that might be sure. pretty enlightening for people. So, yeah, and I think the terms Lucifer and Satan and... Um, some of those terms might throw people back a little bit when they first read it. Yeah. Um, but the truth is, the reason why I, I allow those terms to be used is because those terms are, are mythological artifacts of our collective unconscious. And it's very much a part of human history. And, and those, those mythologies are are signaling something very important about the human nature and about the human condition and, and about what's going on within the human psyche spiritually. Um, the, uh, the, there's all of the mythological terms that we hear in religions. Most of those have a direct correlation to um, a force of consciousness that the alchemist has to deal with. Okay. So like being an asshole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's uh, the one I'm stuck on. <laughs> I like that. I like that <laughs> breakdown though. The idea of, you know, the devil being in all of us, you know, your dark side and. Yeah. You, you can't, you can't talk about spirituality and God and only talk about the light. You also have to talk about the darkness. Otherwise the whole thing's incomplete. Um, so I talk about both and, and it's interesting, and some people may ask, why is the darkness talked about at the very end? And the truth is, is because the book is, is, is a process of regression. And, um, and it's tracing its ba itself back to the very point of creation. And the darkness manifested before the light. And most religions will tell you that. First there was darkness, and then there was the light. So if the book is a process of regression, we first go through the spheres of the light, and then we get into the darkness. And then beyond the darkness is invisibility. The truth is, is the cosmic consciousness is an invisible force. Um, but uh, what I was saying was, is that these mythological artifacts, Lucifer, Satan, and etc., they, they, these are all... Um, constructs of the collective unconscious, archetypes of the collective unconscious, as John would put it. And so there's, these, Lucifer exists in, in the unconscious mind of all individuals. So does, so does Satan. And, and, but the problem, the reason why I'm using these terms is because I want to bring them to light, explain them mm -hmm. so we can resolve them, yeah. and then put it behind us. And what I'm explaining is that these forces are actually nothing like of the religious nature that they've been described within. And so what I do is I say, all right, we, we've heard this term Lucifer before. What is it? Well, I explain it in the book what it actually is. And it, the truth is, is, and I don't want to get it into it. I'd rather the reader uh, read about it and try to um, understand it through the book because the book really breaks it all down. But the truth is, is that 
These forces of darkness are forces that are within the human psyche that we have to confront within ourselves and unravel and integrate. It's like that old souls and niche line where it talks about the, the difference between good and evil is, is blah, blah, blah down the center of every human mm-hmm. heart. You know, it's like not state lines. It's not ideologies. It's not, it's within all of us. And we we've seen how quickly that can regress into terribleness. Yes, exactly. So how does, how does the spiral up factor that in? Like like when humanity seems to dip into these periods of genocide or general, you know, hate filled, whatever you want to call it. So so that's a really good question. Um, So in order for alpha to integrate the mind, it's following a pattern that's already worked. And the pattern that's already worked is the pattern that unfolded at the cosmic level. There's a whole story of consciousness. There's a story of God. There's a story of creation that occurred at the very beginning of time. And that story and that same pattern is repeating itself. And what what happened at the beginning of time is that light didn't defeat darkness. What happened was light came in to integrate darkness and bring it back into unity. And that and what the universe today is the outcome of that unity. The atom is the outcome of that unity. Everything that we see in life, light and darkness, hot and cold, uh, odd and even, all that duality is, is, is the result of a unity between the two that occurred at the quantum level of existence at the very beginning of time. And that story is trying to repeat itself, but in in order for it to repeat itself, it has to take its course. So that's why um, we're going through darkness and suffering in our world, because it's following the same story that happened at the cosmic level, and we have to allow it to take its course. Eventually, it will all get integrated, and we will transcend all of it. But... We have to allow that process to take the same path that occurred at the cosmic level at the beginning of time. Uh. Nothing to it. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, it's, I don't know. So I, I mean, I, I don't want to leave people feeling like, like your encounters with that, the way you wrote it in the book, are, are amazing. Like it's uh, very interesting to read about how you reacted to those archetypes or good and evil or Lucifer or even the, at the end when you encounter the IAO, I think it is. I mean, yeah, it's, it's very interesting how you um, describe it all. So I just don't, I don't want the, to leave people with a, you know, I want to leave them with a sensation that, that it is an amazing story in the end as well. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing story of the, the book, and the alchemical process, like I said, is a process of, of regression. And Alpha is taking us all the way back to the beginning of time, to the point of creation. And then it, tell, it retells you the story. And you literally re-experience the story of creation. And, it, and, and it's a story of light and darkness. And it tells you both sides of the equation. Um, and, it's, and, and, it's, 
And for, it's critical that the conscious mind is told that story because it's part of the process of unifying the mind. I feel like some of this was channeled. I mean, how did you like, how did you encapsulate all the encounters and all this, this whole, this whole journey? Like, cause there can't well, be many people in time and history that have been able to do this, to, to go where you've gone and then, and then, and then encapsulate it, write it down. So if, if you spent 30 some years doing daily alchemical meditation, and, and freeing the authentic self and getting to know this, uh, the spirit in that process. And then you start applying quantum meditation to it, where you literally start to try to extract knowledge out of the cosmic quanta, as I call it. All of this information starts to arise in your conscious mind. And so you, every one of you, have the ability to tap into the same information the same information is attempting to emerge within all of us. It's, it's kind of like being in a, a crowded room in a party and the phone is ringing and nobody hears it. And then, but you're the only one that hears it and you walk over and you pick up the phone and, and you write down what's being told to you. The cosmic quanta, which is the living forces of consciousness that exist at the quantum level of all things, is all accessible within yourself with your conscious mind. And all you really have to do is develop the psychocognitive abilities to access it and to extract the information. And through 30 some years of quantum meditation and alchemical meditation, I, I developed those abilities and the stories that came out, the story of creation that came out is what I wrote in the book. Is that like the Akashic record? Are you yes. tapping into the Akashic record? Yes. Who built the pyramids? Uh, <laughs> or is that a, is that a Carl question? I, 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 that's more of a Carl question. Okay. I think he's listening right now. But I would say the ancient builder race built the pyramids. And oh, uh, Well, earlier I was going to touch on the, because I, I mean, I think some people, yeah, someone came across the pyramids, found it full of seeds and shit, and started up a new civilization <laughs> and called themselves Egyptians. But it, I mean, I was just watching Magical Egypt again uh, last week, and uh, episode the three, one or the, no, the yeah. original one, episode that's, three, yeah. where they talk about the Egyptian mystery schools, yeah, and I mean, a, a lot of that, a lot of that kind of resonated with this, you know. Yeah. So everything I'm saying is really nothing new, to be honest with you. I'm, I might be saying it in a new language, and um, but English. Yeah, but it's really all there in the Kabbalah and in Hermeticism and in all the ancient mysteries. All of it is there. And like I said, it's and if you want to go beyond what mankind wrote about it, you can go you can go to the source yourself and 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 get it yourself. It's all accessible. So what is next for you now? I mean, when when you wrote this book, were you you know, intending it to be sort of an internal, just cathartic process, or were you hoping that, that, you know, people would, uh, you know, gravitate to it in the masses and that there would. Yeah. So the, the book kind of took on a life of its own. You know, I, I wrote, really wrote it by accident. Uh, I didn't, it, it's, I, I never intended to write it. 
because um, first of all, I, I'm not a believer in organized religion mm. um, because I feel like organized religion tries to control people, um, not for the benefit of of unifying with God, but mm-hmm. um, for the for the benefit of their own benefit, uh, their, it, their own agenda. agenda. Yeah. Um, but um, so I, I I'm a true believer that. No, everyone needs to try to develop their own direct experience with the source and that you all have your ability to do it. Um, but when I started to write the book, like I said, what really triggered it was someone asked me to write it down for him. So I, I tried to do that, but then I realized it became a catharsis. And then it kind of merged with the process itself because I realized that comp- uh comprehension is completed through expression. Mm -hmm. So by expressing what I was learning and gathering helped me to connect all the dots. Um, And then it was, you know what, I better organize this so I can give it to somebody. And, and then it it became the book. So it's, it's really kind of taken on a life of its own. Um, I do have another book in process that I'm hoping that will be done by the end of 2019. And it's a, it's a book on alchemical dialogues. It's, it's dialogues like that we're having here, um, commentary and questions and so forth. Oh, wow. And it's, it's, it's really a follow-on to this book it's where people read this book, they had questions, and I put those, I'm putting those dialogues together. And it's called um, Concerto of the Rising Sun. Hmm. And it will, it will be out in the next several months. You know, it's interesting, I was reading... Again, I mean, I think I brought this up like six episodes in a row, but uh, that that <laughs> book by Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. I mean, it really sounds like that he's that that was one of the books that first got me looking at um, specifically. And well, more and than all. that, more like faith and service, and a lot of the stuff you can take out of organized religion, hmm. specifically like the Bible and stuff like that. You know, it's about faith, it's about faith, and it's about service and. But, you know, the trick was that the faith wasn't supposed to be in some deity. It was supposed to be in yourself. And I, a lot right. of this side of lines up with that. It's it's interesting. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. It's like Napoleon Hill wanted to say that, but if you said that in 1937, they just shot you. <laughs> <laughs> Are there, um, you know, a resource, like, you know, uh, like whether that be online communities or, you know, when, when people come to you and ask questions, do you, do you refer them places or, or do you just kind of refer them inward? Uh, you know, uh, uh, I, I think it's a case by case. Uh, I've had some very, um, the book has brought some people into my life that, um, I've had some really phenomenal interactions and conversations with, and I really just develop a one-on-one with each person, and each relationship is different, mm. um, and it kind of takes its own course. Um, so it, it, it's really kind of hard to say. Have you thought about teaching it more formally at all? I, I thought about doing uh, um, some YouTube videos, just kind of explaining some things and deeper concepts. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I'm trying to avoid turning this into, into a cult a, or religion into yeah i don't want i don't want it to be a cult or a religion because the moment you do that as long as you it, don't start sleeping with people i think you're okay <laughs> uh the moment you form a cult you kind of isolate yourself and sure. from from a lot of other people 
But if you leave it fluid and accessible to everybody, then it, it's better for everybody. So. Yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to see some videos on this for sure. What about audiobook? Oh, yeah. That would be that, good that's in the works. Nice. Is that, is that a, a challenge to, to figure out how to not become uh, something that you don't want, you, you know, how to not become a cult figure or how not to become, you know, uh, a messiah um, for people that are looking? Or a I, 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 I would say it's, uh, it's kind of early yet, and mm. I'm kind of navigating through the woods on that. Sure. But we'll see how it goes. Embrace it. <laughs> I'll send you a sweet technicolor robe. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, you know, the thing is, is that it's tough to get people to read books these days. I mean, hopefully our, our, all of our listeners will head out and grab this book. It's pretty thick. It's a little intimidating. <laughs> but it's double-spaced. It's an easy read. Yeah. And, um, you know, that the audio book makes it a little more accessible to the general public, and that video just, you know, kind of makes it accessible to everyone. Will Will you yeah. be reading the audio book? Uh, I, I might get someone that has a more professional voice than myself. But... Oh, it sounds pretty professional. I'm, yeah. Like, there's no complaints here. I'm, you're like... I know a guy. I'll put in a plug for my buddy Micah Hanks is doing audiobooks. Nice. So is my partner here, Graham, but his are a little more uh, choppy. <laughs> a little more up <laughs> But one thing I also did too was um I, I also that Song of the Immortal Love is, is is basically three volumes, right? It's first mountain, second mountain, third mountain. Um, I also just released each volume separately. Um just so that because that book is like thirty three bucks. I, I don't really have much way to make it less because Amazon kind of sets the price. Mm -hmm. um, but so to make it more affordable, I broke it up into three volumes. So you can buy it all as one or each piece individually. Oh, okay. That's good. Is that the all in one version? Is that better not be volume one. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, really let us know when it, it does come out on audio because we, you know, I mean, I'm always listening to audiobooks. Um, I listened to a, a lot of this in PDF form, actually. I had a computer read it to me. Um, so I, I like I, I like the audio. So let us know when that comes out, and we'll, and we'll, we'll plug it. We'll talk about oh, it. Oh, yeah, and if you do a YouTube channel or anything like that, let us know, and yeah. we'll, we'll plug that. If you need any uh, any help on how to do it poorly, then we can help you there, too. Yeah. We're I mean, sort of limping into that ourselves. I mean, <laughs> actually, I think it's worked like knock on wood, like 12 shows in a row. The live stream has worked pretty good. So yeah. we might have the bugs worked out. Yeah, and, well. and, and you know, maybe we should come back on as well because it's pretty deep and there's a lot to to get through. I mean, we already went through an hour and a half probably, and it's, it's very, we're just feel like some, wow. and some of it we're barely scratching the surface. Well, the we'll do the next one in person because oh, Carl yeah. said that his mom said, I'm allowed to stay at the house. <laughs> nice. I made her laugh enough times tonight that I'm allowed to stay over. Yeah. Well, yeah oh, no. Carl's listening to the whole family. <laughs> yeah, we'll all come down. You'll never get rid of us. But no, we'll do this again. I mean, we should get you and, uh, Carl, you and Carl yeah. on at the same time sometime. Yeah, Carl's one of my all-time favorite it, guests. He's just yeah. fantastic it, it, it guy to talk to. It was actually Carl that kind of triggered my whole alchemical journey. Wow, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Did he tell you first? Uh, he, well, it, it's Did kind of a long you? story. Maybe, maybe he and I will tell the story that's, together. Yeah, nice. that's a good idea. Nice. Let's save that one. Yeah, yeah, any excuse to get Carl back on. Absolutely. Are you on any social media? Uh, I haven't planned it yet 
Um, so, you know, I, I actually do have a day job. So I'm trying to figure out how I'm trying to navigate how to, I don't want to confuse the two yeah. professions. So yeah. don't, don't do it. Trust me. Just start separate <laughs> it right at the beginning or it just yeah. gets, yeah. you don't want the streams crossing. Yeah, exactly. Right on. Well, we did you finish the whole book? Yeah. I, I read the whole book. Yeah. It was really good. I mean, but it's the type of book you can go, I'm going to be having this handy and be browsing through it and studying it over and over again. Like it's that. I thought you just go through, you're supposed to be good when it's you through, you're supposed to be done the journey. No, not this one. No, not this one. And and if you guys have any ideas on uh, some material you want to see in my next book on the alchemical dialogues, like say, Hey, Eric, it would be good if you, answer some questions on xyz send me that and i'll put it in the book all right you shouldn't have get offered that up I got, I got i got questions yeah, yeah and, questions. And, and if any of the the listeners they can send me an email if they like it's uh, um song com. you can go to the website and leave me a message and i'll, I'll respond awesome excellent right on. Well, hopefully we'll uh We'll get some more people singing that song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else before we wrap up, Eric? Anyone? Do you have any more questions? Uh, I, I, I have a lot to digest, so I'm in digestion mode right yeah. now. So what, so what episode uh, number or whatever is this Ooh. podcast? Oh, my so, God. That's a, that's, we might not uh, know exactly. Uh, if I get to take guess, I would say it's going to be 345 or six. Okay, so um, it, it's my first time on here, so I'm, I'm assuming this will be accessible on your site, so other people can listen to it later. Or you, you that's right, the YouTube stream stays up, so if people want to watch the YouTube live stream, that's available any you know after tonight forever or until okay. YouTube kicks us off. Um, and the other knock on wood, and the other the podcast audio will all uh, I'll make sure Graham emails you as soon as we release. Yeah, it. it'll be a couple of weeks, and then that'll come. It'll out be two then. or three weeks. Yeah. We got it. We've been chomping through some interviews lately. All right, excellent. Well, I really appreciate the opportunity, guys. Yeah, and it was great Absolutely. talking. To you. Thank you so yeah. much, Eric. It come was back a pleasure. Anytime. Hopefully, yeah. next time yeah. we get the video working. Yeah, yeah, it'll be great. Okay, all, all right, right. on. Tell Carl man. we said hi. We'll do. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that was our chat with Eric P. Anthony. Wow. Into the mic. Oh, Ram- yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, wow again. Yeah. What'd you think? There's so much material. Yeah. And and to try to... I, I thought it was great because I, I anticipated that once the conversation started, that the conversation would go oh, shit. organically that on the screen yeah um so um or that yeah 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 no that's uh yeah i i agree with you like we had kind of written out some points which we don't don't yeah. usually do but for this it would seemed important to keep it sort of and I think part of the reason I thought that is because there was a lot of any. I don't think you want to go into detail on his encounters well, in the end. And but, fair, and fair and enough. And that's good I mean, to I, leave that. I, but. You know, I I anticipated that um, that we would probably uh, talk more about the process, which is what we kind of probably yeah. did for the first forty five minutes at yeah, least, yeah. or or more. 
Um, but I'm glad that it wasn't as structured as the questions that we had uh, yeah. that we had put. So there, I would never let you guys get away with that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was more fluid, and yeah. and and it was great uh, to 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 just hear him. speak speak these things that he's written it is different than the book it's, yeah, it's, it, I, I i absorbed a lot of it and and a lot of the book came back to me as i was listening yeah, be, so because one one of the things in the book that really as a concept came through to me over and over again was this idea of when we restructure information that our our mind um perceives it differently um, so hearing him talk about the same information, but restructured, I, I felt was incredibly beneficial. Yeah. Um, having already read it, but I think even for people who who hear him f- and then go and read it, they'll experience that same that same resonance where yeah. where they'll be like, oh, there's something about this rings true to me. Um, and and you know he he even mentioned that in regards to uh, actually writing the book how you know, translating the experiences into paper again was reorganizing the information. So then it, it added this extra dimension as a, as a writer, I, I find that myself personally, yeah. when yeah. I write things down, it, it somehow changes the, um, the way that, that yeah, I'm internally that. processing yeah, yeah, yeah. that experience. I think you can do the same way by talking. Absolutely. Well. Yeah, it's I like know, that yeah. same idea. You can, you can't even fit, Fully formulate your thoughts without talking them. No, oh, talking for them sure. Out loud. Absolutely. Otherwise, Absolutely. it just rattles around the it inside does, yeah. your head. It, it gives you this basis. Uh, yeah, it just, you reorganize. You rearrange that information. Absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah, and it even adds some new, some, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it, so it was, it was, you know, yeah, conversation-wise, it, it was like getting a, a complete uh restructure of the first like 300 or 400 pages of the book, you know, which was brilliant. I think he had to take it. I think he took a year off towards the end too. If I, if I remember correctly, it's interesting. And I wanted to ask him about that, but I forgot at the end there is what, like that process of having to stop for a year, a whole year and then finishing it off. Like, Oh, like stop the book. Yeah. I think he stopped writing it for a year. And and that was in the, some of his encounters with the IAO and Lucifer and those archetypes. I mean, it's really, well, again, there's so much that, that, that we could ask that we can ask again, you know? Um, and I think, uh, yeah, having him and Carl on, it would that would produce another wonderful dynamic because that would again restructure the information in yeah. in some way, um, but yeah, to be able to maybe ask some of those questions and say how how you know uh, how, how does how do these experiences correspond uh, with a work with with having a job and living in the real world you know yeah yeah exactly. um, like that's a that's a be, that would be a fascinating question as well yeah. um, well, it just means it's all on you that's just <laughs> further evidence that it's all on you well, because you can't if you're not allowed to blame yeah and you're stuck and, dealing with it taking no for sure and you know and 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 you know like he he said you know you don't if you're not sharing with people that you're going through this process but you're having these fantastic experiences and then you just go to work the next day and you're getting coffee next to the dude that's complaining because you know his child tripped at soccer practice and how do you resolve like your internal battle with these forces with something that may seem 
incredibly mundane. Be like, best. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I would. That's. I would just love to I, know that. I would. Well, I think that's where like the the conversation you had earlier with Haiti comes in, where it's just about compassion mm. and just meeting that person no, where they it, are. You're right. Yeah. At, at no doubt, that's probably what it would be resolved to, because yeah, you you kind of have to just meet the people around you with compassion. Yeah, I mean, otherwise you're not coming out. You're not you're not winning. Yeah, you're and you're certainly not. Yeah, you're certainly not winning if if you're not doing that. So. I'm I'm ready to try the meditations a little bit at a little bit more deeper level. It helped hearing him talk about it, describe it, because reading in the book, it's it's hard for me to or try and. Uh, not quantify it, but figure out how I'm going to go into this experience in meditation after totally relaxing and then mm. feel that in those different five bodies. Like that's tough for me to feel stuff like that. I mean, getting better at it, but yeah, I, but I guess it doesn't even have to, it could be subtle maybe. And just going through each body could be subtle. And then, and then more you practice that, the more you recognize that. And then well, it should, you know, it should it, bring it, out more of a, uh, yeah that into the real life practice. You know, like he said, there's, you know, he's got 30 years of, of, yeah. of, of doing these alchemical practices. So, um, being able to, being able to, f um, feel emotion in your heart center, um, or, or, or feel something in your mental center that might be, um, you know, maybe that's going to happen overnight. <laughs> you know, like maybe you actually have to continually oh, yeah, 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 yeah. do this yeah. for a year before you feel it. But I would think that at that point where you do feel it, like the light's on. Yeah. And then the light doesn't turn off again, I, I, I would assume. Once once that actually happens, you know, it's like you don't unlearn. You can't you can't unlearn how to ride a bike. Well, or even learn. the mindfulness thing. That's where the light went on yeah. for me is that I separated myself from my thoughts and I was going to, that's where the Buddhism thing, like it seemed like the foundation of the beginning of that practice he was talking about is very Buddhist. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, well, I, I, you know, that separation, that mindfulness of sure, you know, the and awareness he, of who, well, who, what's the awareness of this yeah. pain and this thoughts and emotions and all that. And he, you know, he, he referenced uh, briefly there, uh, you know, some of the early tantric, yeah. practices as well and you know i think even uh, up to the modern day um interest in biohacking i mean really what people are attempting to do is learn about their biological system and hack it and that's certainly what the tantras tantrics were doing and the buddhists were doing that what so many of those the eastern metaphysical systems were attempting to do was to understand their biology and, and their psychology um and and tr transcend it um, and, and they were doing that, um, with the cognitive understanding that they had available to them at that time, yeah. Yeah. which is, I think why symbols tend to change through history because we, as our, our cognition develops, we develop new symbols to relate to the world and to our own biology. And, um, which is why I'm, I asked him about the cosmology because I, I feel like that's a, a next step in our understanding of the universe and and as we understand cosmology, we'll it'll naturally change and our connection to it. Yeah, yeah. and our connection to it, it'll yeah. naturally change um, the symbols that we use to define yeah. um, these different archetypes. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you have any favorite moments? Anything that really stuck out from the book or the interview? Either. 
No, the whole thing was just pretty cool. I mean, it I like the last half. Nice. Yeah. Once I figured out what was going on. Once I figured out what was going on. <laughs> Once why, you figured out what spiritual alchemy I was. I know this stuff. <laughs> well, it's just a different yeah, language. It's just a different language. Yeah. I think I like the resonance. Like the, the, the alpha is the, the resonance, which you mentioned is cymatics. Like everything is vibration and everything mm -hmm. resonates. And we all resonate together. And, and uh, that, or that sympathetic resonance. The sympathetic, yeah. Is, uh, resonance. Yeah. So interesting. You've seen those YouTube videos of like the rice that moves in the geometric. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah when exactly, you had mentioned yeah. that, I was like seeing that in mental picture of, of the rice. That's what happens when I sing. All the rice in the room just goes into a yeah, geometric. This is why I don't sing that often. It just <laughs> it's, gets out of Especially hand. At, a, at, you know, sushi. Because then it just yeah, destroys everyone's meal. It's, it's trouble. trouble. Anyway, big thanks to Mark for Thank joining you. us. Or, Thank you. What should I call you now? Either or. Mark uh, or yeah. Ram. Uh, Ramfak. Ramfak is the is kind of the uh, uh, preferred uh, uh, future. Maybe you could say it, it's 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 an it's it's more of a, a an identity so that I don't have to draw attention to myself. Excellent. Yeah. So I should have done that. I think Graham was gonna do that. <laughs> And I made fun of him for it. Now I'm like, shit, that was not such now a bad going, idea. Wait, nice. you know? I didn't think that we'd get here, but yeah. here we are. Anyway, huge thanks to uh, Eric for coming on the show. Absolutely. Big thanks to Ram for Beck for joining us. Well, thank you both so much for allowing me to participate. Yeah, for sure. I see. You're welcome here anytime. You can sleep here if you ever need a place to sleep. <laughs> Thank you. Anytime. I appreciate it. You can podcast from here. Take that, all you listeners. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's a supporter. I'm a supporter. That's right. And you've been on the podcast several times now. I have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I thought of that today as I was coming this here. I'm like, four or five, this is, right? Yeah. I'm like, this is by no means number one. Yeah. There's been, there's been some. Really, Do you get nervous still? Um, He's a performer. Graham he gets get, nervous he doesn't, still. He's a performer. You're a singer and a writer and an artist and he doesn't get nervous, I don't think. I, I don't nervous wasn't the word. I, I did feel something today, but it was more that. <laughs> I really wanted to listen. Indigestion. <laughs> it was not indigestion, I don't think. But no, it was today, like I really wanted to listen. I, I, was, I was apprehensive to ask questions because I didn't want to cut his yeah. train of thought yeah. because I was so interested in what he had to say. So it was a different experience this time yeah. on the show. Yeah. For that reason. That's the best well, part. Well, listen to Mark's yeah. 13 questions. Go to 13 Dude, questions. It's, out it's coming out. Well, it's coming it'll out. It'll be out before this out. is out. Yeah, it'll be it's out before this okay, is cool. out. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be out. Uh, go to that. What? How, what's the URL? 13, 13 podcast.com. Sign up there. Sign up here. Grimerica.ca. Before you go there, how about you go to <laughs> Grimerica.ca slash support and support this show? Because we're still only doing about less than one in 100. Let's get up to like three in 100. So I want three of yous right now to go support the show or you're out. Because we can't do it without you. That's right. If I don't get support, I'm keeping the Grimerica logo over top of Graham's face for another couple of shows. <laughs> anyway, you put the logo I think that's about it. Sign up for the <laughs> news. The do all the stuff that in the show notes. A couple minutes ago? Grimerica.ca slash support. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week.
blah 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 and blah 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 the blah 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 the blah 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 and blah 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 the blah 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 and blah 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 the blah 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 the blah 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 and blah 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 the blah 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 and blah 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 the blah 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 the blah 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 and blah 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 the 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 blah blah blah